to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, my name is Laszlo Andor, Secretary General of FEPS, the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. This is FEPS Talks, the podcast series um, of FEPS, and um, I'm uh, really pleased to meet um, Josef Weidenholzer, a former member of the European Parliament in Vienna, and discuss uh, critical issues of Central European politics, especially because um, while he was member of the European Parliament, he was also in the Libe Committee dealing with rule of law issues. And now he's professor at Johannes Kepler University in the city of Linz and uh, continues to uh, follow the developments of uh, the region. Uh, Josef, um, it's a great pleasure to see you. How do you look back on the discussions on rule of law in the Central European context? Uh, it, was, uh, it started actually with uh, uh, the Orban government in 2010 when, when these uh, questions firstly uh, raised the, uh, the, the political attention. Uh, I was involved from the very beginning from, from the so-called Tavares report, uh, which was actually the, the first uh, intervention in, in the field of rule of law into the affairs of another member state. Then it looked like uh, it could have been seen as a singular case, but uh, over the years it turned out that it was a systematic, a systemic problem. I would say of the East European states, uh, but not only. So it is a question, actually, uh, how uh, member states are complying uh, with the, the the rule of law in in, in their various contexts, and and it, it turned up in in the Hungarian context because uh, all the East European states uh, were actually subject to the Copenhagen criteria and when they uh, became members uh, they were also uh, of course people people thought they would comply with it and there was uh, as soon as they were members not, no, no problems would arise this was mm. not the case uh, we saw a lot of problems and we saw also that the problem uh, Problems had uh, deliberately created by, by some politicians in order to to oppose Brussels and, mm. and, and to so this this was actually uh, it it came uh, out of this uh, Copenhagen criteria discussion uh, but soon it turned out that also Western member states were not always complying yeah? and uh, I think this is the, the 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 most important message for me. That we need an instrument uh, where we can where we can cope with these developments. Because if if you have a member state or you're a member of a family, uh, you have the right to ask whether this person is complying with the rules. Yeah? And if this is not the case, or if it's deliberately not the case, then we have a problem. So mm-hmm. we were actually pushing for a mechanism. Mm-hmm. It was firstly in the, in this Tavares report already mentioned. It was then developed by Sophie Infeld in in the context of of a broader discussion and we were actually pushing for this that there should be a kind of, uh, of, of scoreboard mm-hmm. uh, uh, of rule of law and, and you know we just check it and if, if there is a certain amount of 
violations, then there is a green, then is a, a orange light, or a yellow light, or a, mm-hmm. or, a, or a red light. So it should be uh, made as a kind of mechanism. The, the problem always was that member states thought uh, we were attacking the member state because mm-hmm. of, and and this mechanism, this rule of law mechanism, would allow us to 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 deal with it on, in a more a normal basis. Right. You would apply this kind of test to each and every member to state. each and every member state. Right. And, and there is a certain, like the Venice Commission, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, uh, there's a commission consisting of, of uh, academics, whatever you, you can define the, the composition of it, uh, elected by the parliament. And then this, uh, this group uh, delivers every year a report on the state of, of rule of law in the member states. And, And there should also be an alarm mechanism. Mm-hmm. If there is something wrong, then mm-hmm. then we have the yellow light or the or the, the red light. Very easy, because uh, it is indeed a question that some member states are under critique and others not. Yeah, and it is not only a problem of west and east. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. the discussion with Polish colleagues. Yeah? It was a very tough discussion and very intensive and loud. Yeah? And mm-hmm. Loud, loud argument with a Polish colleague from from peace and you know then he came with the right point and he said okay look uh, the situation in Germany he brought a few examples this is also not correct I said yes you are right yeah mm-hmm. so let's let's fight for a mechanism which allows us to discuss it on a very uh, serious level right uh, so <coughs> you would oppose the view that this is a kind of east-west divide Uh, but at the same time, I think we have to uh, recognize that there are some extreme cases. Yes. And I would say uh, Hungary is an extreme case, is uh, it not? Absolutely. Uh, the first thing was it, it, it arose as a problem because it happened in this new member sp- states first. Mm-hmm. So this was actually why, why it, it was a problem that was on the table. But if you look at it in a more detail, you have to ask, of course, uh, also structural uh, developments in, in all the established member states as well. There are, of course, certain cases. Uh, we had in the in the Libe Committee, we had a rule of law task force, which I was a member of, and we, 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 we observed the situation in Slovakia, in Malta, in Bulgaria, in, in, in other countries. So we were, everything which was brought to our attention, we, we tried to, to, to uh, ask whether there was a, a, a regular violation of, of the rule of law situation. The Hungarian case is very, uh, very clear because this was actually deliberate uh, activity. So the Hungarian government mm-hmm. did not care about any argument. They just always tried to expand uh, the arguments against Brussels. And uh, it was a political game. Yeah? And I think it is not possible to misuse this uh, for a political game. Yeah? So it is the business model of Orbán's or Kaczynski's uh, in order to bash Brussels, yeah, to, yes. to, uh, to uh, deliberately violate mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the acquis of, of, of the Copenhagen criteria. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned the Tavares report, but since then we also had a Sargenti report mm-hmm. and still we saw the council not really picking up the issue to their agenda until the Finnish presidency came. Why do you think it lasted so... It, it took such a long time for the Council? And what do you think the Finnish can do about this? Uh, yeah, so the problem was actually that we... 
I was shadow rapporteur from, from the socialist group for, for these reports, and I was, was uh, deeply involved. Our position was we need very uh, uh, sound uh, evidence, otherwise we would not draft the report. So we found this evidence. Uh, it took time. Uh, we, we, we said we need time. And it required a two-third majority, which meant that we had to, to discuss it with all the colleagues, and we, we had to win... Uh, also members of EPP uh, to convince them that our report was that they could vote for the report. So this mm. was, I think, the important thing was Parliament was capable of of, of defining the, the, the whole problem and to find a find a proper answer, uh, which meant that we had this, this qualified vote. Mm. Uh, and the problem in council is that council was not interested. Uh, to take it really up, yeah. And mm. Viktor Orban was very angry. He came to the parliament to the discussion, and he really did not want this vote. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they even even tried to to uh, to denounce the vote as not uh, as not uh, uh, according to the rules and things mm-hmm. like this. But uh, Orban was 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 always trying to play that this was not uh, possible that mm-hmm. the European level would intervene, as he said, yes. in Hungarian affairs. Uh, then it was the Austrian presidency who was uh, responsible mm-hmm. for delivery. They did not uh, <coughs> attack their friend, yeah? so they, mm-hmm. they just, you know, played it uh, aside on, on technical problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether the, the rapporteur could explain her position to the, to the council members or not, this was a long... Mm-hmm. A technical issue, so mm-hmm. it, it then it was the Romanian presidency, then it was also the European elections, and I'm very very happy and satisfied as the Finnish uh, presidency really took it serious. Yeah, but it's not only, of course, the one member state, mm-hmm. so it, it also requires the, the the willingness of the other member states, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm sure that there's still a lot of, of uh, games around. Uh, not to go into into really in 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 in, in, in into the in intermediate space. Mm-hmm. So this is still. I think um, it's very important to point out that the problems started well before the 2015 immigration uh, crisis. Absolutely. Because this is what uh, you know, Orban and others pretend to, uh, to try to sell that uh, it's all about this uh, migration and then it's uh, fundamentally about disagreements uh, on migration. Uh, what do you think is the more crucial issue? Is it the judiciary? Is it the media freedom? Is it corruption or a cocktail of all this? Uh, I would say it's a cocktail of all this. So what, 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 uh, what also the vice president of the commission, uh, Franz Timmermans, uh, always said this uh, uh, Hungary is reaching the point of a systemic breach of, of, of rule of law. And it was not only on, on one level as it... Uh, is you, it, you could see it uh, in Poland where the judiciary was in, in, in the center of everything. So in, in Hungary is actually a systematic uh, play against uh, mm-hmm. against liberal democracy, mm-hmm. which is which is a fundamental of the European Union. Yeah? This mm-hmm. was uh, was in the treaties and it was also in Copenhagen agreed. If you want to become member mm-hmm. of this club, you have to have to comply with it. And, mm-hmm. The, the situation in Hungary was that uh, I think it was in 2014 when when Orban uh, 
declared his uh, embracement of, of, of illiberal democracy, yes. that it, it, it really became systematic. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Before, you could say it was already uh, a breach of, of several, uh, uh, several aspects, but it was still kind of uh, securing his power. Yeah? Uh, after this uh, historic speech, he made clear he is against liberal democracy. Yes. And he started to build up his facade democracy in Hungary. That's the real point. And mm -hmm. we have similar developments in Poland. Yeah? Uh, But don't you think these developments in Hungary, Poland, became possible because of the general weakness of social democracy? That our political family uh, was unable to, to provide an alternative, to mount a challenge in time and sufficiently forcefully. Uh, if you look at it from from the domestic uh, perspective, I would say yes. Yeah? From from the European perspective, there was always this knowledge uh, that mm -hmm. we should not allow this. Uh, it is not not easy to to blame uh, uh, certain parties because there is is a dynamics of of, of the internal situation. Yeah, but uh, I I would say that it, there was too less uh, attention to these questions already in a very mm -hmm. early stage and this allowed them uh, to to come in with this kind of games yeah but as an austrian i must say we had we had similar developments already in 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 the early 2000s when there was a a, a right wing government when mm -hmm. Kaida was uh, becoming vice uh, become a member of the government where the EU, uh, EU uh, imposed sanctions on yes. Austria. Yeah? And I think these sanctions played, uh, played in favor of the ruling uh, party. And this, I think, uh, Orban may have already studied then. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So th this could be an, a good instrument uh, to use uh, Brussels mm -hmm. uh, in order to solve his domestic problems. So It has a very early beginning. It, it was not really new, but he, he was a master of yeah, of of of, uh, of political technique. He was in the Machiavellian sense, uh, mm -hmm. an homo virtuoso, you know, who, who who saw the opportunity, who grasped the situation, and who, who turned this into a game against Europe. And mm -hmm. I would say the. The next step was the refugee crisis, yeah? mm -hmm. because this was actually again detected by him. Yeah? Yes. Imagine in 2014, in in November, December, we had these big protests in Budapest, the internet pro protests, yes. and he was in a very weak position. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. you know, then he came up with this orchestrated yeah? attack on Brussels. Mm -hmm. He wanted to introduce the death penalty, for instance. Oh right? yes. We had in the European Parliament. This was a very, uh, very uh, intensive discussion. Mm -hmm. I, I was had also speaking time. I was 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 attacking. I said, "You you need this forum, not because you want to discuss it with us. You need it for Budapest to show mm -hmm. that you are the defender, yeah? and and you don't solve your own problems." Yeah? Mm -hmm. So these are really extreme examples. Uh, but tell me, what is at stake here for Europe? What is at stake not only for Hungary or Poland countries directly affected, but what is the European dimension? Yeah. If, if, you, if you're part of a family, yeah, 
uh, every family member has, has the right uh, to be sh uh, uh, sure that the other family member is, 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 is following the rules. Yeah? If you want to become the, as it is, it is, it is expressed in the Lisbon Declaration in 2000, yeah, become the mm -hmm. most competitive uh, area on the globe, yeah? So you have to go by the rules, and if one is 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 uh, is against the rules, and if if just cheating around the rules, as mm. as Hungary does it, sorry, yeah. So the the level of corruption is very high. Then all the other partners uh, cannot cannot rely anymore on on the credibility. Yeah? So this is in that sense uh, obeying the rule of law means uh, uh, the the best uh, securement for our future. If you don't. And if this is not working, the, the, whole, uh, the whole union will explode in exactly. a, certain ex, uh, a certain situation. Yeah? Certain so the least we can say it's extremely corrosive for Absolutely. the European Union as Absolutely. a whole. Um, I think specifically there is a danger towards enlargement. Because if these anomalies, small, big, major anomalies, Hungary, Poland, Romania has not been mentioned, but I think in certain contexts could also be... Um, if all this continues, I think uh, it's even more difficult to enlarge the European that's Union. Is true. it not the case? That's true, but uh, we should also look uh, at the situation in, in, in some member states. It's not true that the West is correct and the East is not correct. Mm -hmm. yeah? It's a certain level of development. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, the Western Balkans, if you come out of this uh, complete stupid uh, and, and bloody war in, in, in the Balkans, it's more difficult uh, to comply with these uh, uh, rules than, than if you come out of, of a secure situation. This is the only difference. So I am I'm really in favor of enlargement because I believe the Western Balkans uh, are... are area of influence from, from geopolitically, mm -hmm. from outside players like the Russians, like the Turks, like Saudi Arabia. So we need to give them, uh, give them a secure future, but we have to work on this very hard on, on, the, on, the, on the rule of law. And we have many people who know it because they, they live in, in, in Western countries. In Austria, 10% of the Austrian population is of ex-Yugoslav origin. Oh, yeah? right. So this tells us that we are already interconnected, yeah? and and this would be no good if there would any enclave in in the Balkans and so on. Mm. So we have to work on this, uh, and it it needs uh, uh, that we are we are discussing it in an open uh, situation. What what we in the West, I mean in, in Vienna, talking to you in Vienna, it's sometimes not so easy. Where we really are, are we already? In the East, are we in Central Europe? Are we already mm. on the Balkans? So Metternich already said the Balkans is always east of you. Yeah. So something. So we we have a little bit more more uh, more feeling for for, for mm. the situation. But I, I would really warn uh, that we see it from a from from a superior point of view that we you know, we in the West uh, want to educate the people in the East. Mm -hmm. Because this plays in the hands of of the Orbans. Yes, uh, there is a lot of of developments which are uh, in favor of the West and not of the East. So there was economic exploitation. There is exploitation of uh, of, of uh, Eastern labor. Uh, there is, I mean, if you look at this category B, 
products you can only buy in, in, in the east of Europe mm -hmm. and not in the west. There's a lot of things which are not correct. And mm -hmm. I would say we need a new, we need a new uh, beginning uh, of. Uh, in, in German, we use the word Ostpolitik. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So we need we need a relaunch of Ostpolitik to mm -hmm. to, to open up ourselves, because the East uh, brought a lot of uh, positive elements to the, the European project. Mm -hmm. uh, we should not forget this. This is my belief. Uh, being a little bit older, that the most most positive. Uh, development in my life was that uh, East and West uh, became reunified again. Yeah? So an unambiguous support for further enlargement should be a central part of social democratic Absolutely, uh, policy? Absolutely, but we need the rules for that. And uh, this had, people must comply with it. There's no way exactly. around it. So, yeah? and, and what else do you think the social democrats should correct or add to their program? in terms of this East-West imbalance, which you describe. I think we should also pay attention to these many people who actually are living in East and West, yeah? these transnational communities. There's more than 10 million Europeans mm. who are partly East European, partly West European. They spend some time of their life somewhere in... Yeah? Exactly. Increasing mobility. East, and these people are, are uh, an enrichment for Europe. Yeah? So mm -hmm. these people have experiences which... Uh, People who just stay on one on one place never have. Yeah, so we should really embrace them. We should really uh, also encourage them at some stage to go back uh, to their home constituencies to to stay in contact. Uh, to because they, these are the the real ambassadors yeah, of Europe. I would say so. The diaspora is the ambas are the ambassadors uh, for the European idea and. The future of Europe, I'm, 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 I'm optimistic in that sense, lies with these people, yeah? because these are the, yeah, the people who are who went because they wanted to improve their lives. They went to another country and and they are caring for their families at home. Yeah, so this is real in enrichment, and we should be proud of them. And this is the point. What I see that we are, we are just ignoring them. Yeah, we just want their cheap labor, and that's mm. it. Yeah. But they are somehow the guarantors of a productive future. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And even okay. even uh, in in Austria, you could not. Uh, all the I mean the, the elderly people they rely on on, on on the care workers from from East Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, getting older would be for many people a big problem if they would not have these people, these good and and reliable and and great people from East of Europe. Yeah. So we should see it. In, is actually an an enrichment that we have the East, yeah? and when we with the picture the the former Polish Pope was using, yeah? Europe uh, has two lungs, yeah? the East and the West, and and we should care about our uh, two lungs. With one lung, it's not really good. Yeah? Uh, Professor Josef Weidenholzer, uh, thank you very much for your time, and thanks for the wisdom you shared with Fab Stokes today. Thank you. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag BEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.